0: By the movies we watch for this part, I'll be there And I swear That for Paige, Mikey, and Todd I'll be there When
3: comes are the worst I wish I had no
1: Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had to said hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey
3: Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser, and this week I made you guys watch Easy E-A. And for a movie I haven't seen before that I picked. This has to be the best one of those Right? Yeah,
1: absolutely Now in your defense, I had advocated For this film multiple times over the course Of our show. <laughs> yes,
3: and Mikey too And honestly when yeah. I ask people what I should Pick, so many people said this Movie, yes. so like I felt pretty Confident with this pick even though I hadn't Seen the movie, but damn if I didn't Love this movie, like oh, it's so, so good. good, man. I love this Movie, this is a great one. Yeah, I'm assuming This is not the first time you guys saw it, so like when Did you first see this movie?
1: I want to see- i saw it when it came out okay um but i remembered not liking it as much when it came out not disliking it but just being like it was a movie and then a couple years ago it was on tv and i was like oh easy a and i just kind of like sat down to watch it while i was doing something else and found myself consistently laughing and i was like oh this movie is funnier than it has any right to be and (laughs) kind of fell in love with it on like a second and third viewing and then watching it today. Every time I watch it, I catch new jokes and holy shit. Did I love it today? I was very, very happy that this is what we were watching.
2: Yeah, man. It's a lot of fun to watch. I, I like it. It's funny. Uh, it definitely feels like a high school thing, but like, I really like it. It's sweet. It's kind of like Mean Girls, where it's like really witty and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And then it's like, man, her parents—you just want parents like that, that you, you know—they remind me of Paige's parents.
1: Her parents are my favorite part of the movie.
3: <laughs> yeah, man, they're yeah. so
2: good. I was like, man, I hope I'm that good of a parent someday.
3: Same. I mean, I would, I would be honored if someone in the future compared my fathering style to Stanley Tucci's in this. Oh, movie. Oh yeah, the is loose He's in this movie. So good.
1: Well, and so is Patricia Clarkson. She's amazing. I love her. She's my favorite movie mom. Because she's always so bonkers, uh, including her inclusion in In just friends, or is it no strings attached? uh, I think it's no strings attached. Okay, uh, but also the mother lover uh, music video by Lonely Island because she it's her and
2: Susan Sarandon. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, I love me some Patricia Clarkson. She makes me laugh real hard,
0: pretty much in everything she's in. Yeah, (laughs)
2: it's it's funny. The plot's good. I forgot. I forgot like a lot of the point. It's been a while since I watched it. And I forgot the whole like Lisa Kudrow and all that yeah. stuff. I was like, oh, oh, I forgot how dark this gets.
1: That's the one thing I kind of <laughs> disagree with in the in this movie because she's like, I shouldn't have told you. I'm like, ah, oh, you should have. You maybe could have picked a oh, better spot. Yeah, like, at but the I end, think you should have.
3: Yeah, maybe not that way, but you should have told him or yeah. left a note or done it a different way. But like, told him he deserves to know that information. I do love that like every time Lisa Kudrow is talking about having sex with a student she is also like he's almost 21 like it's legal i looked it up in the city of california it feels like the writer of the movie like okay i'm trying to do this in a way that is not problematic and i want the watcher the viewer to know that i looked into this and it is not illegal (laughs) yeah no for sure (laughs) you definitely lose your job though right
2: you would lose your job 100%. The laws are written in such a way where the age of consent doesn't matter because if they, even if they're 18 and you're yes. in a position of power like that yep. as a teacher, it's still. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Oh, she's a counselor though. So she doesn't have quote unquote power over him? Is that what you're saying?
1: No, no, hey. no, 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 no. Her board of ethics might actually have
2: consequences for it. So oh, like. Only if yeah. she like saw him in a counseling way. I think she still broke school law, like state law and school policy. But if she didn't see him in a counseling Capacity. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think she'd get yeah. fired just from optics alone. Oh, yeah, she'd
3: no, get she's fired. definitely gonna
1: get fired. Yeah. We're trying to determine whether or not she sees jail time or whatever. But yeah, yeah I don't know if she gets arrested, but she definitely gets fired. And yeah.
3: Sandman didn't deserve that. You know what I'm saying? Sandman said- didn't deserve that. But I mean, I-, I guess it's lucky that they didn't have sex for months, is what Lisa Kudra was saying anyway. Yeah, because so that
1: he didn't end up with chlamydia. Exactly,
3: because she had a smelly cat that whole time. <laughs>
1: Aww, smelly Jesus cat, Christ. smelly well, then, cat.
2: If you really start to <laughs> unpack it, either he's sleeping with a lot of people or she is sleeping with other people too. I
1: think she was sleeping with other people too.
3: I think it kind of implies that uh-huh. that the student's not the first. Oh, it definitely does. Because it Goes out of its way to say that Sandman was not having sex with his wife. Right. So, like, there's no way he could have given it to her if they weren't having sex to begin with. Now, I mean, is he fucking students? Yeah, maybe, because he does groom Emma Stone's character a little bit in one scene, but... I don't know that that's
1: the intention of that scene. I agree. Watching it as an adult, I'm like, maybe he should have... A- another teacher present on this one <laughs> yes absolutely yeah but
3: i do think it is played just so it like humanizes him yeah can we have a moment
1: for a cam Gigande playing the same character basically that he plays in violent night just as a 20 year old he- he's the same so in violent night he's the oh, dumb he guy like the hunk dating dude judy gemstone Holy yeah oh yeah <laughs> i didn't realize that was he's him also- The villain in the first Twilight movie, but who gives a shit? I know he looks
2: so familiar. I was like, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But can we also have a moment for Penn Badgley being what I would say is one of the best- Teen romance boyfriends That we have oh, seen Oh yeah. he's teen
3: but that dude's 28 years old Like, Easily, yeah, I mean, easily. He, does
1: he not- was a teen and John Tucker must die maybe
3: But this is five <laughs> years later well, you, you,
2: you understand he noticed you from across The uh, when he was When he went undercover yeah. in uh, high school Yeah he yeah,
3: and his yeah, wife yeah. noticed Emma Stone from across
1: <laughs> The milk bar
2: <laughs> What I mean yeah.
1: by that is within the world of the movie Where he is a, a strangely buff Teenager he listens to her He talks to her he doesn't just automatically believe the rumors about her he asks for consent and respects it when she says no like there's so many good things about it. Yeah,
3: but she says no in a very not now kind of way. Yeah, but they also talk it out. Yeah, That's absolutely. why it's so they great. Communicate great. Yeah, so like when that happened, like if that had happened to me and I had tried to kiss a girl and probably I shouldn't have because I don't think that was the right time. And she said, I've wanted to kiss you since the eighth grade. I just don't want to do it when another guy just tried to like stick his tongue down my throat. I'd be like, okay, cool. What are you doing like tomorrow night or Friday? Or like, let's go out. Let's do something. There's two things I do
2: sometimes After a few drinks One Try to kiss the girl Okay Two When someone speaks I put my finger on their lips And I say don't speak
3: Wait Have you done that to somebody
2: Oh yeah That was like my Like in college I'd be like No
3: that's a terrible idea. Oh I would God. slap your hand Mikey. out of my face. <laughs> oh my God. You really did that? Yeah. Okay. I probably would have wanted to do that, but didn't have the balls to do that. You like, can only do it with people who love you. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like someone you were on a date with. No, not on a date. Well, I mean, unless they love me. If
1: somebody did <laughs> this to me on a like a first date, I'd be like, I'm getting up and walking away from your finger. That is the
3: correct response, Paige.
2: No, I'm talking about a third a third to 13th date where you're like kind of drunk and you're like, don't speak.
3: <laughs> I don't like this. If this is someone you've already been like sexually active with and like you're like dating, dating, I could see doing that as a joke. Are your guy friends? Maybe. A friend, yes.
1: A, a date, no. And also, I don't like people putting their hands in my face.
3: Shh, Paige, shh. Don't, don't shh, shh, you do an Inigo
1: Montoya
2: accent No like a Pepe Le Pew Like a Pepe <laughs> Le Pew That's French dude It's a romantic language They're all the same That's what I thought I halfway listened to
3: In 8th grade language class or whatever Oh because they're characterized as the romance languages Yeah they're like in the same tree of language Yeah absolutely they are And because of that They are also the most sexy of languages That's why chlamydia is spelled that way
2: mm, I can't spell chlamydia I'm not gonna lie to y'all
3: can you use it in a sentence?
2: I've never had chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> I have a dating story. Y'all want to hear it?
3: Yes, always. Does it involve chlamydia? It doesn't, but that was her name. Okay.
2: She's from Pepe Le Pew.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she is a smelly cat. She's
2: part skunk. She smells. She's, she's yeah. part skunk. Scant- no, I'm kidding. Whoa. <laughs> I can't imagine why this, <laughs> this dating story grism. didn't go well for you. It's someone I dated last year. We kind of like started talking and she was like, I want to take you out for your birthday week. So we like went and had a couple of drinks. So we, uh, we were kind of dating and I, and I don't know if I'm like feeling it or not because I, I a little mistrustful because of how things ended last time. But, you know, she's being really nice. But then I had some pneumonia the last few weeks, like last three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And she wanted to go out like meet up Saturday. I was like, I'm actually not feeling the best. I think I'm just going to rest tonight. And then she went out drinking and like I didn't feel good at all. And then she wanted to have like a a drunk define the relationship talk while I didn't feel good. Oh no. She's like, I'm getting mixed signals. Do you just not know or what? Or you're confused. I thought she
3: just like wanted to like Catch up.
2: Yeah. Why are we having to define the relationship conversation at all? And we're not even making out again at this point. We had, like, kissed on the lips like a... like Because a, like a, I've coughed a lot, which is not a sexy yeah. thing. Oh, I, I said, disagree. I said, don't, speak. I said, don't <laughs> speak.
3: What he said was six feet, six feet as he pushed his hand <laughs> on her face. <laughs> I guess this means I didn't like her. Because the whole thing really
2: got on my nerves where I was like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't feel good. Yeah. I just didn't text back. I feel bad for not texting back. But, like, also, like, I was, like... Almost asleep when like these texts started rolling in.
3: What do you think? story
2: means
3: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know justify my actions is all i'm saying just because someone texts you doesn't mean you have to engage with it in that moment and listen you were sick man yeah no i i don't think you're in the wrong at all i just (laughs) i don't like when people try
2: to do a define the relationship intoxicated
1: oh yeah i think that's a bad idea no matter what i agree
2: with you yeah and like we went on a walk and then we went on like a drinks the, the the birthday thing
1: do you want all of this on the podcast
2: I don't know. I mean, <laughs>
3: okay. This seems very personal. It does. We don't have to put all of it in. That's what he normally tells them when he has sex with them for the first time.
1: Well, he wants them to be able to walk again after <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: I'm glad people I date don't listen to this podcast because they'd be like, why is your dick not as big as people have said? <laughs> Pete Davidson has a new stand-up thing and talks about Ariana Grande. He, like, fucked him forever by saying he's got a huge dick. And he's like, yeah. now everyone will always be disappointed in me. And you
3: two are doing that to me. Yeah, we are Ariana grande and you for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Why
1: aren't you dating Ariana Grande? <laughs> if you got that Pete Davidson dick, you should be slaying
3: puss. Ariana, if you're out there, Mikey is single. Grande? Yeah.
1: She does start that one song with,
3: you might think I'm crazy.
1: But give me them babies. So like she might be the Mikey, perfect that sounds for you. like
2: the perfect woman for you. It would objectively be hilarious if I ended up just marrying a pop star.
3: I- yes! That would be objectively <laughs> hilarious. Like once Taylor Swift is done with her like racist Maddie phase, if oh, she was God, like, you know what terrible. I wanna date? I wanna date a podcast person <laughs> anyway i'm back i'm trying to dip my toe in the
2: water dating again so far not great i like that you waited until you were sick and
1: to be like yeah uh no i'm ready to put saliva over other people great <laughs>
2: I, I didn't want to do that <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm dipping my toe in now that i have got full pneumonia it's time to start Licking people. I wanted to
2: pull a pretty woman, <laughs> which is like we can't kiss because that's where I'm contagious. You
3: gotta put on a wig.
2: <laughs> three thousand for the night.
3: Three thousand <laughs> seems like a lot. That's what she said. It was the eighties. It was for the week. It was three thousand
1: dollars for the whole week, right? Three thousand for the week, but also for Mikey, I'm gonna say three thousand what? Not dollars, but if you were like three thousand taquitos, ooh, hey, maybe we make some sort taquitos.
2: of deal. No, I don't know about that. Cole's cash. Co- Cole's cash. <laughs>
0: $3,000
2: in Kohl's cash <laughs> $3,000 cold cash Kohl's cash Cold Kohl's cash
1: <laughs> Go buy so many bedspreads You don't even know That
3: brings us back to the movie Because a lot of people paid in Kohl's cash Oh yeah So what gift card would you have wanted When you were in high school Ooh. In Ooh, high school Best buy Best buy yeah, best high best for sure In for high me. school yeah.
1: Because that's That's where you would buy CDs
2: Yeah And they put my stereo In my Ford Ranger
1: They did put my stereo In my CRV It was the one That you could like Press and then take mm-hmm. it with you
3: <laughs> At some point In the last 20 years
2: People stopped Stealing stereos
3: Like <laughs> The whole thing stopped <laughs> I had one of those CD players <laughs> That like When the car was off It would flip around So it looked like There was no CD player yeah. Installed yeah, yeah, It yeah, was yeah, sweet yeah, yeah. I loved it Until The day it stopped flipping back around but refused to not play tantric's first cd at full <laughs> volume i was stuck with it, the tantric's first cd for like four months until i could replace it new question
1: new question If if any cd had to get stuck in your car what cd would it be
2: Jock Jams volume Hell one. Oh yeah, <laughs>
0: motherfucker! Let's yeah.
2: go! I took a gym class, and the trainer just put Jock Jams volume one for the class. I was like, this is bad." And he's like, you're the oldest <laughs> motherfucker
3: in this class. <laughs> Everyone's like, why is that old man yelling Mortal Kombat? I was like, I came out <laughs> of the field to this song. <laughs> What's the end? Oh yeah, the lyrics to the Mortal Kombat song are just the names of the characters. And that's <laughs> yeah, ballsy is. and. Kind of works. It kind
2: of works. It's more about the beat. <laughs> Look, I'll spread the rumor that we all had sex for a $50 Toys R Us gift card. Your number's that is low? Two hundred dollars, Toys R Us gift card. <laughs> I want to buy underwater Lego sets.
1: All Lego sets could be underwater if you no, try no, 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 hard no. enough.
2: They're like submarines. Like I'm trying to think. Of, trying to think of back then. I just want to meet the Toys R Us
3: giraffe, Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Hell yeah! I did love that. Like a plot point in this movie is that the like I don't know evangelical like Christian group protested the Blue Devils thing and then it became the Woodchucks. That to me was hilarious because we just had something like that here in town. Yeah. At the Parthenon downtown Nashville, we had like an evangelical group protesting because they were like this is where pagan rituals take place and I was like, what? That's an art museum. You guys are (laughs) fucking stupid. Nah bro, they were protesting the
2: pagan ritual of frisbee golf that takes place in front of them. I know, right? And I'm 100%
3: supportive of that. I honestly wanted to like get a bunch of people together and just have us all wear togas and like protest their protest (laughs) but in Greek (laughs) and like bring like a, I don't know, like a goat that we were going to pretend to sacrifice <laughs> or something it would have been like a friend dressed in a goat outfit but like that kind sure. of thing would have been hilarious
1: I was thinking more just get togas and then get Mediterranean food and just be like yeah we're having
3: a good time at this protest Paige without the togas I've done that on a date gone to that same park and gotten Greek food fantastic it was a great date I mean, people went, <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of people at the park. <laughs> so like, they were all who's on the to day. say, right? I do like that
1: as an adult watching this movie, because I think I didn't catch as much of this nuance when I was younger watching it. Amanda Bynes' character, who is the leader of that club, there really is a moment in this movie where, what? I think I know what you're going to say. I think she's in love with Nina. Oh maybe I did get that sense A little bit But I don't think There's enough evidence In the movie To like definitively It is just one
3: scene That's why I thought It is just that's one I scene That's what but you yes. were saying Because like the first time You see them together They're like A little too a little touchy too Lovey Right But they don't really Go into it at all It's not a plot point
1: I, uh. I felt like In the scene Where she was crying Over the divorce And a couple other things It's almost like Emma Stone has a little bit Of a realization Of like Oh this person Doesn't necessarily Have a full understanding Of how relationships work
3: That's fair because she doesn't because she doesn't yeah
2: because they're in high school
1: but i think there's a lot of like her some of the really mean things she's saying and the things that she is pushing on others i think come from a lack of real world understanding uh and i think that scene kind of displays that a little bit because it's very easy to just be like oh my god she's such a bitch but i look at it now and i'm like there are so many people who were like that in high school Because they had been told their entire lives that something was one way and they just didn't have real life experience to have the empathy that they needed to not be douchebags (laughs) that I'm sure watch this and are like, I feel like an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Like I did not mean to be so cruel. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm
2: still a Christian, but definitely with my work and stuff, my belief system has evolved a lot uh, to include a lot of marginalization of people and just terrible things that happen in the world, which you are very... Shielded from if you have a very if you have a privileged upbringing thank God I did I mean I had like my parents divorced I was you know and we lost the house I was like the worst thing that happened and like in the scheme of things that's not terrible I mean I was very depressed about it but like because
3: it's the worst thing that happened to you like that That's understandable and it is sad like you're allowed to be sad about it
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not not sad Um, But I also think that this is also part of why we end up liking Olive's parents so much in this movie Because they are clearly parents who have taken the time to be honest and open with their kids and talk to them about all kinds of things so that Olive is kind of more of a well-rounded person. So that even in that moment where Amanda Bynes' character has been incredibly cruel to her this entire movie, she still doesn't want her to feel bad. She's still kind of like... This is a person too And this person is clearly upset Yeah And like We don't get along And we don't agree But like I feel bad for her You know like
2: She has the empathy That Amanda Bynes needs Amanda Bynes is Two years from having Like a wild Coming of age in college So I think she'll be fine
3: Her version of like A rumspringa Kind of thing Mm -hmm. Right Oh absolutely Yeah 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 Yeah, when she goes to college And realizes that she Was super attracted To Nina In love with Nina It's gonna be Wild for her (laughs) I don't know they share no. They share it, Todd. I did think about
1: it because they share a look, and I was like, "They do." Was this a
3: subplot that got cut out? Maybe I don't yeah. think it was a subplot. You know, actors will like build a character, and they'll build it, a character in their mind. Yeah, yeah, But I
2: think Nina built it. Maybe corrupting Amanda Bynes type was like my specialization for like eighteen to twenty. <laughs>
1: oh, this is this is unfortunately Amanda Bynes. Well. Fortunately, because I want her to get the help she needs and and be healthy and enjoy her life in whatever way she chooses to live it. Yeah. Uh, But this is her last film. And in part because watching her performance in this movie, she says she hates it and has not been in a movie since, which really kind of bums me out.
3: Because I think she's great in this. Yeah. <laughs> like, she is like a heel. She's like a villain character-ish in the movie, but I think she nails it. I thought she played it really good. She yeah. did great. But maybe we should just go into this movie so we can talk about it scene by scene. Let's do it. Let's
1: do it. We open in Ojai, California. Uh, Ojai. Slightly. Oh,
2: hi. Right up the PCB. Yep,
1: It is right up the PCH, actually. This is the first time you've ever been correct. broken clock host is right twice (laughs) a year. And we open on the high school. Now, we open with voiceover from Emma Stone that basically is kind of laying out the format for this movie. Namely, that it'll be told in flashback through her narration. So, Emma Stone kicks off with... Uh, The rumors of my promiscuity have been greatly exaggerated, and she basically lays this out where she's like, "I was invisible; no one knew who I was, no one cared," which is always funny to me. Because Emma Stone, like, yeah, (laughs) you're like, she's gorgeous. What are we doing? Oh,
2: Sandra Bullock Jr. over here saying, "I'm so ugly and (laughs) no no one one notices notices me." me."
3: I think Emma Stone has gotten more attractive with age. I still oh, think great. she was a stunner in this
2: movie, obviously. Yeah, Emma Stone and her blonde friend definitely seem like the type that <laughs> didn't get a lot of attention in high school, oh, yeah, for sure. You know,
3: the two most attractive women in school who were also <laughs> <Yeah>. invisible. <laughs> invisible.
1: Emma Stone has a great facial feature, and I love it when people have this, where when their face is totally still they are beautiful, like breathtakingly gorgeous, but then they have the ability to make the most horrifying faces with that beautiful face. I love it.
3: I think it's very, very funny. I think that that is one of Emma stone's like superpowers because she is very charming, very good actress, very attractive, but she's also very funny and she can do funny things with her face. Like, so much so that she has to have, like, practiced that in front of a mirror. Like, she's just yes. good at it. Almost like Anna Faris levels of oh, comedy Oh, I skill. love it when Anna Faris does it, too. Me, too, man. I love Anna Faris. Happy belated <laughs> Mother's Day, Anna Faris. Yes. But, like, Anna Faris and Just Friends, specifically yes. that movie. Where she's, like, eating the toothpaste and stuff. Yeah, so, like, for me, especially women who are, like, Okay to make themselves look a fool In front of a national audience For a joke I just have so much respect for them So Emma Stone's one of those Amy Smart's one of them I think of D from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Like yes I love D because she's also willing to just
1: say some of the most vile yes. things that are admissible on television yeah. just like right under that standards and practices just like what up ass dicks and you're like how did that get through the censors
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so some great white
1: stains oh wow I guess
3: that technically is not a swear word but <laughs> in this context it is but I, I think it's more of a risk for women to do it on that stage on yes. that national stage than it is for men because I think men it's like oh it's just guy being goofy or whatever, but women are like so expected to be hot all the time. So when a woman who is can be hot, like you were saying, when they're like standing still, but can also be very silly over the top, like make weird faces. And it's great. I love it. If they go too much, you just say, don't speak. No. <laughs> and you put your finger right there. Mikey, will you make me a promise right now? If we ever meet Emma Stone, will you just walk up to her and immediately put your hand on her face and say, don't no. speak?
2: I definitely will not do that. Kevin
1: Costner is going to walk out there and tase you. <laughs> I do
2: it to Kevin Costner.
1: Anyway, back to this movie. So she's invisible because she's poor, invisible Emma Stone. <sighs> yeah. Uh, And she's like, but then I started lying and everything changed. So this is the truth. I'm going to tell you everything. I, Olive Pendergast, of sound mind and below average breast size.
3: (laughs) so funny which is
1: the identifiers with tits in this movie crazy anyway well and then her friend
3: rihanna or rihanna or whatever her Rhiannon, name was named after the uh fleetwood mac song oh nice i thought it was really funny when she was like wait what did he call me big tits that's my that's why people call me that, yes! that's what people call yes! me yes i thought it was so funny
1: she's kind of a shitty friend though uh we'll talk about it
3: yes Paige. Definitely a yeah. shitty friend. Although everyone in here is in high school and I did stupid fucking shitty shit in mm-hmm. high school. So like, it's just like a hard time. Like It's I, it's, yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, I mean, People have to, you got to figure your shit
2: out. I mean, guys don't grow up till they're like 34.
1: I mean, God, I hope <laughs> it's before then for most people and for society, but.
2: Yeah. Don't count on it. Yeah, I know.
1: A lot of people <laughs> in high school have this friend That is kind of the more outgoing, the more socially forward one that kind of drags them along. Yes. And when that relationship shifts, sometimes that
2: friendship ends. I was also
3: the outgoing friend with bigger boobs. Mm. (laughs) I have always been the outgoing friend with a bird chest. Mm, Hollow bones. But I also, just like Emma Stone in this movie, was invisible in high school. Can you believe that? No. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: Because I feel like people would have
2: heard you Regardless Like I'm sure when the movie Drumline came out That was like your moment But like... one of my
1: dad's favorite movies <laughs> Anyway, so We find out that all of the rumors started because She accidentally Implied that she had slept with an older boy From college and it proceeds to basically Show us how that happened Yeah, Where Rhiannon, her friend, is trying To get her to go camping with her and we do get a cutaway To Rhiannon's family who are Like hardcore hippies Nude around children, smoking a lot of
3: weed, questionable family dynamic. Her mom, fuck, hot. I would be over at that house all the time. Yeah, I mean, same, especially at that time in my life. But when yeah. she like reaches up and puts her boob on Emma Stone's Against face. Against Emma Stone's and face. Emma Stone looks directly at us down the barrel of the camera, I laughed out loud. It was so it's hysterical, funny. It's it is a- funny. Her like deadpan look is perfect.
1: And here's what I will say. I do think it's good for parents to display a comfortability with their bodies as much as they are able to because I think it helps your kids. Yeah. How? However. There's a line. There's a line. And if you're putting boobs on underage ladies' faces, that line has been crossed, I think. Yeah. Also,
3: patchouli burgers, I'm out.
1: That sounds, I, I don't even know how that would happen. Like how you could, uh, anyway. I, I think it's it's hype
3: hyperbolic oh yeah I think it's a fully made up thing for the joke yeah absolutely
1: yeah anyway so she doesn't want to go camping with them for understandable reasons
3: but for the record if it was Mikey and me in high school we'd fully go camping with them mm. I know you would but
2: that's also a moral
3: gray area <laughs>
2: yeah it is well I mean the daughter also nice that's too. what I was
3: saying like if I was in high school and Rihanna was into me it'd be over oh yeah big boobs yeah <laughs> yeah oh is that what you saw I just saw her winning personality page oh sure you did how vain of you yeah.
1: <laughs> mm, i do love that they're kind of arguing and this is the first place that we meet thomas hayden church's character where he kind of is like hey 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 like come on yeah you know keep it keep it pushing in the hallways but then he stops another group and takes a cigarette out of one of their mouths and tears it up and is like this is a gateway drug to all kinds of bad things like lung disease mismatched tires on your vehicle <laughs> and you're like what <laughs> like what
3: why that? This sounds personal. He also takes off one of their hats and puts it on and the puts other it on one. on a different one. Which I <laughs> yeah. thought, like, that has to have been just something he did in the moment because he found it funny. And they were like, keep that. We're keep keeping that. That's the shot we're using. Yeah.
1: But so she makes up a story of she's going out on a date with her brother's friend, from college. Do we ever meet her older brother? We do not, although I do have his name because oh, the
3: yeah, entire- I forgot. They don't reference him for like the they, rest of the they, movie. Yeah, they we never talk about him again. I mean, unless their adopted son is a genius And in college I have to assume She has an older brother She does She does have an older brother Although honestly I,
1: I prefer the <laughs> child
3: genius angle I think that'd be really they funny They just adopted the this kid Who turned out to be like Dookie Hauser Levels of smart Yes
1: Where he just like Leaves the breakfast table And he's just like I gotta go do a heart transplant <laughs>
3: <laughs> He does look like He has a he has like a serious face In a lot of these shots And I bet he's just like God Man that double mastectomy Or whatever Like, like <laughs> <laughs> he's, just like, so he's just like thinking through like, oh, man, that gunshot victim. 14 I had to spinal save. taps Oof.
1: today. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I had to scrape 33 moles off of this podcast, dude. Oh, oh the worst.
1: <laughs> but, no, it is
3: an older brother
1: because I, I found this in Fun Facts and then I had to go like, Dig back through it To be like Older brother And then I was like Oh right In the very beginning I'll cover in fun facts Because I don't have the list In front of me right this second But when we get to
3: that point In my notes I will Okay
1: They're all named after food Okay So the older brother's name I remember because it was The strangest one The older brother's name is Kale
3: Okay And she's Olive Obviously
1: And then uh, Dill I think is the dad And I think Rosemary Is the mom
3: Yes Both of those are I'm looking at IMDb right now Both of those are correct Younger brother's name is Chip Okay chip kale and olive oh wow they really like charcuterie plates who doesn't yeah that's a winning combination right there yeah dude even that kid chip is still working steadily oh because that kid is great in this movie he's hysterical yeah he had to portray being this undercover like surgeon while only on camera (laughs) in the house Who are like we know you're a child but you have to play the straight man I've got to go splitting (laughs) Adam after play school today mom (laughs) what are you doing for
1: your uh, your middle school project yeah just a freeze Ray don't worry about it. about Uh, it he's like the younger brother in better off dead who's <laughs> just making rockets <laughs> yeah anyway she's like yeah no that's what i'm doing for the weekend so then we cut to what she actually did that weekend where she gets the card from her grandmother with pocket full of sunshine and it like it's like a five dollar bill too it's like not a lot of money yeah uh and she basically plays it the whole weekend until she gets obsessed with the song and just this little montage cracks me up every time it is
3: very funny it does accurately show how a song. Becomes your go-to karaoke jam. Yep. And I loved it. By the way, $5 in 2010 is roughly $6.98 today if you adjust for inflation.
1: Oh. So, she sings Natasha Bedingfield the entire weekend. Hilarious.
3: When it, it like, progressively gets more and more. Because it's like, her initially opening the card and being like oh that song's the worst and then like it slowly starts to seep in and then she's like enjoying the song she's singing in the shower and then at the very end of this montage she's like (laughs) full out singing it as loud as she can in her room it's so fucking funny
1: hysterical so funny to me uh but then she comes back to school and she was like oh right yeah he was a real gentleman real fun weekend and she was like the whole weekend you slept with him don't like no you didn't don't deny it like and won't even let her get a word in edgewise yeah i mean she even like
3: pulls her into the bathroom to like have a quiet conversation with her and this is where emma stone's like fine i guess i did or whatever
1: well, and it's almost like Emma Stone doesn't so much as tell her as she is pushed into a lie, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think like, so.
3: Yeah, I think Emma Stone comes off as a saint in this movie. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I do love that when she's like, so I told her everything, and then we cut
1: back, and she's like, you know, those nice glade candles? And I was like, yeah. this is two virgins
3: who <laughs> no idea what they're talking about. It was like riding a tube of toothpaste or something? Is that what <laughs> like <it was laughs> bags of sand. Tube of
2: toothpaste?
3: Yeah, like, it has to be something that is sort of phallic-shaped, but absolutely wrong, like the bag of sand is, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel you. I, yeah.
3: I'm with you, I'm with you. It's
2: like a an uh, like eclair. Because if you sit on it right, well, if you squeeze it, the cream it some cream exactly. comes out. Yeah,
1: but also, could, like trying to get an eclair in hole, it would absolutely just fall apart as you were trying to do it. And I do. And then you have a <laughs> lot of sugar in your genitals. And I do. Anyway, who should come out of the stalls? But Amanda Bynes, who's just like, oh, I see that you are a slut like a whore from Satan, like that kind of wild. Really misogynist energy.
3: <laughs> she doesn't roll her R's, but damn it, if I wish she didn't. After hearing you do it, that was yeah. amazing.
1: <laughs> like an owl that's trying to sh- slut shame you. Just <laughs>
2: <laughs> how many licks did it take to become a whore? <laughs> one. A one, a two. A two. A two. A three, yeah, exactly. And back in high school, that's all it really does take. That's not what it takes. Oh, I meant for like a girl
3: going down on a guy, because like, oh yeah, for sure. Back there then, I go. was like,
2: I'm being touched. It's over. Thank you.
3: <laughs> I wonder what that was like. It's, well, it's like you, in know, you had to get
2: you, you had to get in <laughs>
1: between the other four guys that were trying it. So <laughs> anyway, we get a little breakaway of who Amanda Bynes is. That she's the head of the Christian club on campus. And that last year's crusade had been changing the mascot because they used to be the Blue devil. So we get a shot of Penn Badgley coming out as the Blue Devil painted and then just like chucking the trident, like the pitchfork into the audience. Yes. And it goes off screen. But I was like,
3: that definitely hit somebody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> When they said Blue Devils, I was like, "Oh, you mean nineteen-time DCI champion, the Blue Devils?" That actually <laughs> is it.
1: Terrible that I know that because really? my cousin, yes, because my cousins were in like a rival
3: band uh, growing up. This is drum and, and the, bugle corps. Like, yes, it's, yeah, it's yep. like legit marching band. Like, if marching band was even more nerdy and also way better. <laughs>
1: anyway, so uh, instead of the Blue Devils. They get it to be the woodchucks. And this is one of my favorite scenes of the movie is because it's Penn Badgley in a wood woodchuck suit <laughs> and he wheels out the wheelbarrow of logs and then he just picks up a log and he's like, <laughs> like down it's the so
2: It's so funny. It is very funny. It's so funny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Like, and he, I think it's funniest to me because he commits 150% to yes. it. Yes.
2: Well, that's what makes mascots gods. Yes. yes.
1: But the, he's just these foam logs that he's just like. <sniffs>
3: well, <laughs> and then he tries to do the dunk that he did before, which yes. wasn't really him when he was the blue devil, but he does like a full flip and then dunks it as the blue devil. And then he tries to do it in the woodchuck costume, but he can't even like dunk, let alone flip. So he just like falls on his overly toothed face. Overly toothed because he's a woodchuck, not because he has weird teeth. Let me be clear.
1: Right, 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 right. We cut to the audience where uh, a where Rhiannon and Emma Stone are like. Yeah, I really miss when he was just topless. But even as a woodchuck, I still fantasize what yeah. she says. <laughs> even as a
3: woodchuck, would do.
1: Oh, woodchuck. <laughs> he can throw one in me. Uh, sorry, he can oh. chuck one in me. <laughs> would
2: you make pin Bagley it? <laughs> of course. We cut to,
1: as she kind of moves throughout school the rest of the day, word has spread about her supposedly losing her virginity, which, by the way, It's a social construct. Don't worry about it. Uh, Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm
2: still a virgin. (laughs) Sure. I'm born again. Every morning. (laughs) Do you want to be my first? If I was completely unhinged, I think I would try some of the angles in real life. I hope you do. And then tell us everything. And how badly
1: it went. Because I can't imagine it's going to go good.
2: It doesn't go good now.
1: so. (laughs) So what's worse, Paige? What's to lose? Yeah, exactly. Well, you're the one, like, insulting people during trivia and putting your fingers in their faces and not making them quesadillas. Simple steps for success.
2: I do not have any tortillas.
1: You should always have tortillas. Always. Anyway, so (sighs) word is spread. This is where we get the, like, little look between... Amanda Bynes and Nina, uh, because they're like collected in a group and they're like, oh, about what you said in the water closet. And I was like,
3: water closet. Yeah. What is this Victorian era England? What are you saying?
1: (laughs) What are you saying? Anyway, so it it was the talk at the school. And she basically does a a little bit of a flashback to the time when she and Todd Woodchuck Todd. Not me. Not you. uh, Played seven minutes in heaven. And he says, if we don't do anything, will you still tell people we kissed? And she says, absolutely. And when we hear him talk about this scene later, it's actually very heartwarming, I think, because yeah. he just says, like, I wasn't ready and I didn't know what to do. So thank you for being kind. Well, it's yeah. also
3: what gives him, like, the context to know that she's probably lying for the benefit of these other people. Because yeah. she started that behavior with him. Yeah. yeah. She definitely has a brand. Yeah. And that is selfless
2: saint. Yeah. <laughs> she does get money.
1: She does. I would say the first one is done selflessly because she doesn't ask for money. He just gives it yes. to her. Yeah, It's
3: more of a gift. Well, he gives her money and something else. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Good for, yeah. Good yeah. for him. Good for them. Yeah.
1: Uh, anyway. <laughs> so we cut back to modern day and she's just like, oh, great. Now, everybody thinks this thing about me, which, by the way, should not have a negative connotation. But it's because of who is spreading the rumors. And we will find out later, people are lying. Like, these rumors are all over the place. Oh, yeah. None of them are even the basic story she told Rhiannon. It's all a mess. So she comes home. And this is the first place where we meet her parents. Uh, And she's like, yeah, there's a rumor at school. It's not great, but whatever. And Stanley Tucci is like, "I would take a bullet for you. I would die, <laughs> split my brain open, cut my life into, into pieces." pieces. <laughs> this is
3: my dad report. <laughs> when Chip says I'm adopted, and Stanley Tucci's like, "What? <laughs> Who told I you?" I <laughs> lost my mind. I thought it was so. Funny. and then when he slides up to him later it's like so where <laughs> are you, you from, from originally i was like oh my yes. god i really think they were just like hey stanley just like have the most fun today of shooting and he yeah. did i feel like they both got like that the wine they were drinking was completely real,
0: this
2: and is real? Were, oh
3: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of their scenes absolutely oh they're so man. great like they are wonderful parents because they're also super rich and they're like invested in their kids' lives, but not like overly oppressively so, you know? Like they just want their kids to be safe, but like they also want their kids to experience life and like make their own decisions and all that shit. Like they're great parents, in my opinion. It's called free range parenting now, <laughs> is it? Yeah.
1: In my day, we just called it distracted. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, my fate, one of my other favorites in the scene is she cracks a joke about the rumor mill not having enough grist. And he's like, good word usage. You're smart. You must be related to me. And she just goes only by marriage, (laughs) which is also a
0: hilarious
3: (laughs) comment to me. It is very funny, but there's a lot of like, quippy stuff in this movie that like makes me fall in love with it honestly it feels like i like it for the same reason i like oscar wilde stuff it's different but it's also like both of them are very witty yeah oscar wilde stuff is just like 200 years old or 130 years old at this point so it's like you know not great so it's more oscar mild now well it's all it's oscar mild but also it is like sort of puritanical (laughs) and misogynistic and not great because that time period was not great oh yeah Unlike
2: today, which is definitely not puritanical and misogynistic.
3: Sure, but like, if you ask a woman if they want to go back to 1890s Victorian England or they want to live today, they're always going to choose today. Which is why... You don't give them votes. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Oscar Wilde.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, normally I would say today is the best time to be a woman compared to history. But actually, I'm going to say, like a year ago
3: 2014.
1: Yeah. When, whenever we still had most of our rights.
3: When this movie came out was a better time for women, honestly. In 2010? Well,
1: Yes and no, diet culture was rampant, but we did still have all our rights, so you trade some off. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I do also like that she's like, he's like, I like the pants, and she's like, thanks, they're Costco (laughs) brands. Yes, you can have them when you get a little
3: bit taller.
1: (laughs) Yes. Anyway, we cut to the next day at school, and she's like, it felt like everyone could instantly find me. Like, bam, you're a bimbo, is what she says. Suddenly, everyone knew who I was. And we cut to her English class learning about the Scarlet Letter. Now we also will find out that she's the only one in her class who read the Scarlet Letter. Yeah, everyone else watched the Demi
3: Moore movie. <laughs>
2: yes,
3: <laughs> which I think qualifies for this podcast. Does the Demi it? Moore. One? I mean, I
2: guess it's a romantic movie. Oh, that movie
3: its d- 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 d-
2: terrible
3: It sounds like it is based upon the way they describe it for sure. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Oh, I watched it. I haven't it either. For
1: high school? What? Uh, I, I think I watched portions of the original.
3: I definitely watched portions of the original in high school for sure. Yeah. They try to sexy it up with the Demi Moore version. It's
1: not a sexy story unless you want to get deep into the witchcraft of it. But that's for another time.
3: I always want to get witchy with it. So...
1: This is where she says that whatever you're reading in class, you always have some strong connection to it. Basically in a movie Like it's always Going to be thematic Sure And then she says Except for Huckleberry Finn Because I've never known A young guy To run away With a big hulking Black guy Setting up One of the best Callbacks in this movie For later in the film
3: Love it Like that is so (laughs) So Funny to me When he runs off With his boyfriend Who was a big hulking Black guy Like it's so funny It's great My apologies to Mark Twain (laughs) Yeah So
1: As (laughs) we're going through The Scarlet Letter This is where Nina In class is like you abominable tramp and she just goes you abominable twat and I was like yes and she's like I wasn't proud of myself I was like you should be proud of yourself yeah that was lightning fast (laughs) like
2: and I don't think she should have been sent to the principal like both of
1: them should have I think both of them yeah Yeah, I definitely Mm -hmm. think
3: both of them would because they were both like using words you probably shouldn't use in school but like the fact that it was just Emma Stone that was sent was sort of bullshit
1: well, uh, this is the thing, though, and the, and this is also of the time, too, where it's like the implication is that the other girl was angry at her bad behavior and therefore that's the one she got. That's why she got sent. They should absolutely both be sent, if anything. Yeah. But also, I think if I were the teacher, I might have sent the other girl because she instigated. <laughs> that's just me, though. I'm like, she started it. Emma Stone just finished it. You know, (laughs) anyway, she goes to the principal's office played by Malcolm McDowell (laughs) for like 10 seconds. So many famous people are in this movie for 10 minutes max. Like
3: he literally is in like four scenes. They probably shot him out in a week. Yeah. Oh, easy. If that they probably shot him out in a day. Like, I mean that, that could be I mean depending on Everyone else's schedule You could definitely do that With his character Because it, he has like 20 lines max
1: In this whole movie Stanley Tucci wears Pretty much the same outfit This entire movie I have suspicions That he was shot out In a day Yeah uh. He might have been Yeah <laughs> I think Patricia Clarkson I think has, has a few more But I think Stanley Tucci Was maybe only on set For a day
3: Patricia Clarkson Has more scenes though Like she has some One on one scenes With Emma Stone So yeah, yeah she would need More time who, but... who Leaves the house <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Stanley Tucci Tucci's like only in the house, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's only in the house. They literally just filmed that at Stanley Tucci's house. He's like, I, listen, I can't. I can't leave my just house. I got over, work to do. I'll make y'all yeah. breakfast. <laughs> We're gonna
2: watch the bucket list.
1: I'm, I'm testing recipes for my cookbook, which is a real thing that my sister owns, and I hear it's fantastic.
3: That's why he asked his son in the movie, where are you from originally? Because he had no idea. <laughs> he, and and he it was, was all, his he first was being day on filmed. set. Yeah, he was just <laughs> talking to that kid, like You're trying adopted? to adopted? <laughs> Who told you? <laughs> Stanley Tucci, not acting in this movie. <laughs> no,
1: brilliant in everything. He's so good. So but Malcolm McDowell in this scene is like he goes on this rant of like someone's on a downward spiral with you know mundanity for the rest of their life, and your parents didn't know. And it's just clearly he isn't happy in his job. Yeah, and he at one point is like, "Why am I just meeting you with language this foul? We should have had meetings long before now, <laughs> which is great." Uh, but he's like, "This isn't a progressive school, so if I hear from you again." You're out. Like, you're expelled. Which I don't think is true. I think he's trying to scare
3: her straight. Same. I mean, if she was, like, physically fighting, sure. But sure. Sh- if you're just, like, calling someone a twat or whatever, I think is what she said.
1: Oh, I mean, if they're going to expel you for calling people twats, expel me all day. <laughs> expel most people on British TV. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... She leaves. She doesn't get expelled, but she does get detention with Brandon. Yeah. Uh, She runs into Todd uh, on her way home, and he's one of the few people that isn't whispering about her. He just says hi and asks if she's going to the party the next night. And she's like, no. And he's like, well, see ya. Stay excellent. Like, that's it. He just leaves it at that as opposed
3: to everyone else who's whispering. He seems like he is 1000% not interested in the drama that's going on at school on any level. Yeah. He's above it. He almost seems like he's a college student who just shows up on campus occasionally.
1: Spoiler. No one in this movie is a teenager. So no. like we can't even single him out. He's
2: an undercover detective looking for the head of a drug ring. Gotta be. He's
1: not even the oldest person playing a teen in this movie. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 pretty much everyone in this movie is in their mid twenties since so everybody. Sure. Yeah. So this is also where Rhiannon is like, Hey, I heard you fought with that girl. And she's like, no, not really. Um, And she's like, it was just, you know, we said an inappropriate word. But this is, again, Rhiannon not letting her get a word in edgewise.
3: Yeah. Rhiannon does some shitty stuff in this movie. But even when they're friends, before they sort of break up their friendship, she's not a good friend. She is very much like, our friendship serves me. And I don't really care about your life that much. To Emma Stone. Right. Yeah, she's a teenager.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, not all teenagers. uh, But she is a very self-absorbed teenager. Uh, where I think moving forward after this friend breakup, she might actually be a slightly different friend because she has seen what can happen, but I think it took this experience to probably shape that for her.
3: Yeah, but I... I think Mikey's point, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that teenagers do shitty things like this because they just don't know not to. They haven't experienced. yeah, yeah. So, Learn. yeah. I, I, you know, we're all we were all probably shitty to people. Oh I was terrible. Yeah. I was a terrible yeah. friend. Yeah. yeah, 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 and boyfriend and, like, yeah, terrible person, yep.
1: Yeah. So we cut back to to home, and now she has to tell her parents that she went to the principal's office and she's like, Eh, I just said a bad word. She has to spell it out with the P's uh, because they're bad at guessing, which is very funny.
3: And I love that little Doogie Howser uh, stands up on the chair and is like, what's a twit? Yeah. <laughs> and then she like moves the P's <laughs> so you can't see the word <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Yep. But dude, when Stanley Tucci and Patricia are like, T, 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 T. It went on a little long. It's so funny though. For me. I laughed and then I was like, okay, let's go. Yeah, it was funny. I loved it. But I could see why it felt a little long.
1: This is also where we find out that the younger brother, Chip, uh, got a B-plus in spelling. And Patricia Clarkson's like, who cares? Everything is spell check right now. And I was just like, that's all right. <laughs> like, not wrong. That, no. That's a good
3: reaction. Absolutely not wrong.
2: Hello, Todd. It's Mikey.
3: Hello, Mikey. It's Todd.
2: <laughs> I need to tell you something.
3: Mikey, it's fine. You'll be a great dad. That's We're going to table that. <laughs> but on that table is a delicious factor meal yes! What a transition Oh my god guys This actually is a factor ad That was amazing Mikey Mikey here for factor
2: meal, All oh, from Magic the pod Heck yeah. We're going to table it Delicious already fresh made meals Never frozen It takes two minutes to warm up Just like Mikey does I have a busy schedule I work all day, I have fun too much I also work at night I also have too much fun And I (laughs) I have a problem with Words Yeah, words is one
3: Uh, (laughs) Ordering out is another one Same, I ordered out tonight Yes I literally got, let's just say a Factor equivalent meal For Natalie and I And it was like $48 When it could have been way less with Factor Yeah, and I I struggle
2: with proportions. And Factor comes pre-proportioned, pre-prepared, chef-ready. I've used it before. Before they even advertised on the podcast, I used Factor meals,
3: especially when I was working a lot during the COVID lockdown. I mean, that was the best time to get on board with Factor. Except for right now, because (laughs) Factor is giving 50% off to all of our listeners. If they go to factormeals.com
2: slash romancingthepod50 and use code romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's code romancingthepod50 at factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's a good deal. Do it. And they have a g- easy-to-use app. And they never require me to talk about the app. Mikey,
3: that was the end of the ad. That was the I end know. of the app.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm still going. All right, factor meals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts cataracts are the primary
3: cause of avoidable blindness.
1: He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com/metaverseimpact. Anyway, so we cut back to the next day at school. They have detention. And it's her and Brandon. And this is where she basically gets confirmation that Brandon is gay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that that's what he's being bullied for. And he's also the one in detention, not the guy who beat him up. So clearly the school is fucked up.
2: So shitty. (laughs) Well, Malcolm McDowell's never really played a good guy.
1: No, and they do say they're like, he is a total fascist yeah. <laughs> like in this scene uh, where they're like,
3: this is we both realize this is messed up. It's a, it's like them cleaning the school as a part of their detention. But it's like a few different like yeah. locations, but it's more or less the same scene. It's like one conversation. They're just showing like the passage of time in detention. But yeah. Right.
1: And this is also where she's like, well, you know, maybe you could just pretend until you get out of school, which is super sad that that would be the advice you would give to someone is just pretend to be something you're not until you can get out but i think this is also a case of somebody who is being bullied not in a safe space and she's just like i i would rather you be safe than be hit
2: right and up until recently it was like the path of least resistance for a lot of people
1: yeah well and i think this is her being like i don't want to see you get hurt right So, like, this is what I I would say. And she's just
3: a teenager. This is more than what she should have to deal with, basically. Well, and it's way more than what he should have to deal with, too. And I definitely think it's better. But, like, when I was in high school, and I'm sure at this time, Mm -hmm. too, like, it was way worse, way less accepting of that than it is now. Yeah. And I'm sure that's case by case because some areas of the country are not great for that still, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, when he is in in her room and he's, like, I know it's supposed to get better or whatever, but like my day to day is so fucking terrible. Like I really feel for him. Like I feel bad for him. Yeah. And I completely understand why she decides to make that decision and like help him out.
1: Yeah. And we cut to her hanging out with Rian and after, and he calls her on the phone. And this is where, She's describing who she's with, and she has to be like, yes, big tits. Yeah, that's her. That's when Rihanna realizes that that's how people identify her at school, and she's very excited about it. Yeah,
3: she's like high-fiving herself more or less.
1: Yes, but it's Brandon who's like, I want to talk to you about something. So she goes home. He shows up, and her mom opens the door. And I love this little yes and that she and her mom have of like, oh, If you're here, a friend is coming for your hand in marriage. Oh, I was going to use booze and pills to numb the loneliness. A gentleman caller, hooray. And I think in part it's because Emma Stone knows he's gay, so it's a joke. But also it's this fun play between her and her mom that I think is very sweet.
3: Yeah, anytime someone just yes ands the hell out of anybody, I am here for, whether it's in a movie or in real life. It's the best. That's how you know you've made a best friend.
1: Yeah. So she invites him up to her room and he's like, cool, do you want to go out with me? And she was like, um, you're super gay. (laughs) You literally just told Uh me that. Like, I don't think I'm your type. And he's like, look, I get it do you want to have sex with me? And she's like, what? No. Like what? <laughs> and he's like, not like really, but like, yeah. can we tell people? Cause then maybe, cause she's like, well, the rumor that I did caught like wildfire. Or, and he's like, okay, well sure. Then like, if I tell people, then maybe they'll leave me alone. And I think at first she's like, no, but then he's like, I just don't want to get bullied. And she's just like, ah, shit. Like, and he brings up that he's like, you kind of like this a little bit because at least people are actually talking about you and noticing you, which they weren't before, which is a little bit of an element of it for her. Although I think she gets real tired of it really fast. I
3: was going to say, I think that's a little bit of it. I do think it's way more about that. She wants to help him. But yeah. She she clearly likes the attention, but then yeah. she quickly sees how that is a problem as well.
1: Right. So they decide that they're going to go to the party and pretend to try and trick other people into thinking that they have had sex to make him appear straight so people stop bullying him. And she's willing to kind of leverage her current social currency to make that happen. Yeah. So they show up at the party, pretend to be drunk get to the party girl's bedroom and then they have, they do. It's a very funny scene of neither yeah. of them knowing really what to do, uh, but <laughs> trying to make sounds and do it the best they can. I and love it's it just so
3: much when she starts fair. hitting him with the book <laughs> and he's like, wait, don't do that. And then she hits him again. He's like, that was a little bit better. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, do that yeah. one. Yeah. He, like that was kink unlocked in his mind. Yeah. He, he, he wasn't like into it with her, but that's something he definitely do, does it with the guy he runs away with at the end.
1: I do also like the like the smell, the smell of us together. And she's like, whoa, what? No, what? I don't know about the smell. But, like, I don't think we're supposed to comment on it. OK, anyway, uh, don't stop. And <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, they just <laughs>
2: fall back into it. It would be weird if someone's like, it smells like sex in here. It's so hot. I'd be like, oh, is it? Oh, I it's sex has a smell. I know, but like yeah. I never talk
3: about it during sex. Well, which is what no, they which is yeah. what Emma Stone like brings up. She's like, "I don't think you're supposed to yeah. comment on it, like even if it does cuz she doesn't know either, but like I- even if it does, you're not supposed to say yeah. anything about it."
1: Right. But they go out into the party and or at least she sends him out into the party. She leaves, everyone is kind of staring and looking at her and she decides to go home. She runs into Todd first, but she's like, "I'm just going to I'm going to leave." In part because like everyone is staring at her no one's talking to her she she becomes a spectacle not
3: uh, yeah yeah cuz she's like talking and sort of flirting with Todd cuz she's into yeah. him she we find out later that she's been into him since the 8th grade but there are like dudes behind her humping each other or like humping the air or whatever like and looking at her yeah. like very clearly making her and right. what she just did the performance she just put on a spectacle so she's like i'm getting the fuck out of here i don't want to be here for this
1: yeah uh so she leaves and she does have this kind of voiceover joke of, like, I thought pretending would be more special, uh, but, you know, no one prepares you for this, essentially. Yeah. And her mom comes to her room and drops off a present from Brandon, where he gave her a Target gift card and a vibrator, although it doesn't, you don't really get to see it on screen, but... It is implied, heavily implied. But if
3: you know, you know, you know, you know,
1: although my favorite is her mom being like, hey, hi, I couldn't help but notice that your new boyfriend is extremely gay. Uh, I just wanted to make
3: sure you knew, like, no judgment, do what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. but like, I love how like accepting she is of that. She's like, listen, it's great. I dated some gay guys back in the day. Like, it's fine. Yeah, she's I get like, it.
1: please tell me you didn't marry and have children with one, which I think is funny. Cause she's like, no, he's as straight as they come. And then later in the movie, he's like, I was gay for a while. Yeah. Everyone is gay for a while. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's great. So we cut to a phone call from Rhiannon. Who's like, um, I just heard about you at the party. What the hell? And she's like, do you think I'm a dirty skank? And she's just like, yeah, I guess so. Now, and it's not—it's not that Rhiannon disapproves; it's that she wasn't there, and she didn't let her in on it, and it is stealing attention from her. Right. Like, that's really more what it is. You didn't tell me first.
3: I think it's pulling focus, and so she she can't have it. Yeah, because she's not a real friend. She is like. She's just not a real friend. I don't quite know how to s- explain it, but like, I, th- I think you can be
2: real friends because they've been friends since like seventh, gra- like sixth grade. Sure, I think you can be real friends and still be petty as fuck sometimes.
1: There is a a dynamic to girl friendships that I think can be uh, straight girl friendships. I'll say I'm sure others as well, but this is my area of expertise. Yeah, that can be very very different from others, especially if you're in a case of somebody maybe not getting the attention they need elsewhere. And to me, that's kind of what I see in Rhiannon is that Rhiannon desperately needs to be popular, wants to be noticed, and is, air quotes, invisible like Emma Stone. They believe they're invisible together. When Rhiannon feels like she has at least just a little bit more focus on her and wants to keep it. So when Emma Stone suddenly is more, the spotlight is on her, that causes that rift.
2: Yeah. Girl friendships can be complicated. I've, I've dated many girls since I was a teenager. I'm like, are y'all like really friends? Because it's like, it doesn't seem like. Oh, yeah. You seem like you hate each other a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, me and my guy friends don't act like, if a guy act like that, I just don't, I don't call him again.
1: I would say as an adult, I have very few friendships with
3: people I don't like. Right. Same. And and why waste your time with people you don't like? No, I completely agree. No. Yeah. Anyway, so she and Rhiannon kind of
1: break up over this phone call. So we cut to her basically throwing out all of her clothes, buying new clothes, sewing A's into the new clothes. And this is where Stanley Tucci is like, hey, um, sounds like you're having sex in here. I know you're not because your boyfriend's super gay. And she's just like,
0: <laughs> not my boyfriend.
1: And he's like, it's fine, though. Everyone's gay once in a while. we all do it. I was. Anyway, we cut to the next day. She shows up wearing the A for the first time. Uh, She and Rhiannon immediately get into a tiff. They are not friends at this point. And she's just kind of walking the halls like she's licking the spoon at lunch line. And this is where her teacher, Thomas Hayden Church, is like, hey, what's going on here? Like this is out of character for you.
2: Yeah. Those shoulder straps are non existent. They are not two fingers wide. So I don't think she would be allowed <laughs> to stay that day.
3: I mean, different schools have different dress codes, but I had the similar a similar thought. Mm. We we were not allowed to wear
1: anything sleeveless and we had to wear dresses most of the time because private school. Dress codes are sexist. Yeah. But also private school. So we cut to Amanda Bynes. Basically, talking with her club about how much of a problem Olive is, and she's crying. This is where we meet her boyfriend, yeah, uh, the 20 year old high schooler. Um, and she, the one line she has, where she's like, Jesus says we have to love everyone, even the whores and the gays, but it's so hard because they keep doing it over and over again. I'm just like. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, so they are now like mobilized against her. So we cut to she runs into Todd and he kind of cracks a joke about her and Brandon at the party in that bedroom because it was the same bedroom that they had their almost kiss in. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. But he leaves and she ends up talking to Evan by the pool, who is a, f- a fat kid, man. I've been there. <laughs> like, like, I get it. High school ain't easy going down the halls that size. He's <laughs> not even that big. He's just hes just a big guy. It doesn't matter how big you are. Don't be dicks to fat kids. I'm just saying. When like, he
3: sits down on that, like, not a bleacher, but like that bench by yeah, the pool. Yeah. And he's just like, I get it, man. I'm fucking fat and disgusted. I was like, oh, God, I hate this so much. Because he's like saying it about himself and it just feels like I'm not doubting that people have said that to themselves. Like that's a very common thing, but it just breaks my heart because like I hate that anyone feels that way.
1: Uh, I was so glad to hear it said. I know that's crazy to say that, but to recognize how fucking difficult it is in school for that. Now, he fucks it up when he's just like, people would believe me anyway. I'm offering to pay you like that's totally fucked up. Yeah, it's not great. But... I do, I do love that she like gives him the price and then she's like, if you'd have just asked me out, I might've said yes. And now I won't because you were, now I won't shit dick. It's what she says. Yeah, she, she calls him <laughs> shit dick,
3: which is very funny to me.
1: But that is also something that it took me way too long to learn as a fat teen that it was like, hey, if you had asked people out like more often, if you had just kind of been more open about the way you felt about people or that you were attracted to people probably would have had a lot more success than you thought. And a lot of it is you telling yourself you're not good enough for other people. So like, yeah, I kind of did like the, she was like, I would have probably
3: just gone out with you if you just talked to me like a person. But instead, no. Nope. Well, and that becomes like a thing later on when she's just like, no one is interested in yes. actually dating me. Everyone is, seems to be interested in just like, quote unquote, pay me for my lying services. Right.
1: Well, and that's these next like handful yeah. of scenes She's like, the rumor is that I'm soliciting for money, which I'm not. But like for the people that knew what I actually was doing, word traveled fast. And she lists out all the different coupons and stuff she got. She goes to the foreign movie theater. She's got Bath and Body Works. And yeah. she's like, but no one is actually asking me out. She's like, I want my life to be like an 80s movie where someone is showing up with a boom box or somebody is making these gestures for me. And everyone wants to th- appear that they have... But they are not.
3: Yeah. They don't want to actually do that.
1: Yeah. So we cut to part four where she becomes an actual home wrecker.
3: <laughs> is it her that becomes the home wrecker? No. Absolutely yeah. not. She does like that's say what that, she though, says. Right. Yeah. But like, no, she is not at all a homewrecker. No. That other high school kid is. Well I <laughs> Well, I would say Lisa
1: Kudrow
2: is. Thank you. Uh, yes.
3: Her <laughs>
1: Thomas Hayden Church calls her in and is just like, hey. What's going on? I know you actually read the book. No one else read the book. Yeah. And you're doing some sort of statement. And I know the gossip because people would everything on Facebook. And I do love that he's like, Roman is having an okay day and bought a Coke Zero, raised the roof. And she just goes, He bought a Coke Zero again? Encourageable. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Anyway, he's like, I know you read the book and I know the gossip about you. And so. And I wanted to cheer when that girl was a bitch to you. And he should have also sent the girl to the office. Whatever.
3: He should have. But this is the scene where I was like, this is like borderline grooming. Yeah. <laughs> but they're yeah. doing it to humanize him on some level. They're they not egregious. He doesn't cross a line because he I do think
1: that this is him being like, What's going on? You know, whatever. And she kind of stopped short of telling him. And so he tells his wife, yeah. the school guidance counselor, like, can you sit down with her? Like can you find yeah. out what's going on? He tries
2: He tries to be concerned. He's concerned. He
1: does. He's yeah. concerned. And so she meets up with a guidance counselor uh, who is Lisa Kudrow playing Phoebe if Phoebe had a real job. Yes. But she doesn't really listen to her during... That meeting or the
3: other one she has with her at yeah. all. Yeah. She's like hands her a fistful of condoms and doesn't hear her when she says, I don't need those. <laughs> like, I, I yeah. thank you, but I don't need those.
1: Right. She doesn't even give her a chance to be like, I'm not actually doing this, you know, or whatever. Yeah.
3: I. But she even starts trying to say that. But Lisa Kudra just talks over her. Right. Yeah.
1: So she has her send in the next person, which happens to be Amanda Bynes's boyfriend who is crying uh because we will find out that his parents are getting a divorce uh and so
3: she and Amanda Bynes is taking it rough so this is where she kind of Amanda Bynes is taking her boyfriend's Families divorce poorly. Can I explain to you why? <laughs> That's crazy. I fully be understand. be perfect in that, in that world. Yeah.
1: Here, here's the thing. It is foolish that she is taking it this way. It is not rational or reasonable. But let me explain to you the thought process. Marriage is sacred in that world. And so she, I can almost guarantee, is probably planning to marry him as soon as they are out of high school. And in her mind, if his parents' marriage could not last It means that their marriage might not last. It is real toxic and real bad. But I have absolutely heard people say that shit of like, I don't know if I should marry someone since he didn't have a good marriage modeled for them. It's real fucked up. It's terrible. But that's how I that's what I interpreted her crying about because I have heard crazy shit like that from people.
3: I hate it. I hate everything about that, which, by the way, that's nonsense. It's full nonsense. My parents got divorced. And if someone I was dating was like, uh, we probably can't get married because you don't have a good model for relationships i'd be mm-hmm. like yeah we need to break up immediately because you're living in a dream world that i can't live in i can't do this with you
1: well and i am here to tell you some divorces are good some people should Mine not be great. married to <laughs> each other yeah. like th- and that's way hey we need to acknowledge that <laughs> sometimes and it's uh, it's a tough <sighs> thing to go through But sometimes it's necessary and good. I mean,
2: especially with like cheating and abuse and all. I mean, like, I mean, people do grow apart. That happens, too. But like, there's some egregious things that happen that people are like, you should forgive them. I'm like, maybe if you want to, I guess. But like. Also, you don't have to.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Like, if you want to and you want to put in the time to work on the relationship to fix it from wherever it was or wherever it got right. to. whatever happened. That's awesome. Good for you. But also, if you want to get the fuck out of that relationship because they cheated or because they're abusive or whatever, also fucking great good for you.
1: Yes, like my first question if someone is like, I'm getting a divorce, my first question is, are
3: you okay? Yeah, are you happy about it or sad about it? Yes. Because I want to know whether to high five you or console you.
1: Yes. yes. And both are appropriate responses yes. depending on what happened or whatever.
3: Even if it's a good move even if it's a good move, they still
2: might not want to high five. They're still gonna be sad. It's a hard thing. This
1: is why in this moment I'm like, Amanda Bynes is someone who does not have enough world knowledge to be empathetic and to truly understand what is going on in and not that that excuses her behavior she's still being awful but i think this is why she's like why are you being nice to me because she doesn't understand that like emma stone is just like you're clearly upset and that sucks i don't want you to be so i'm gonna be nice to you um but even the whole like divorce thing maybe his parents should be getting divorced who knows (laughs) like I think she's still at that point where it's like she has been told this is wrong. There's only one acceptable way to live for so long that she can't even see that like, hey, life is complicated and layered (laughs) and people are flawed and worthy of love. But there are so many things that go into this. (laughs) But because Emma Stone was nice to her, She's like friends with her For three periods Which I think is really fun. It's like half a day I
3: really do think it's because Amanda Bynes feels like She's actually getting to Emma Stone's she's character She's getting through to like, her Yeah, I'm witnessing to her And now she is understanding That she shouldn't be a whore A uh, whore Yeah <laughs> Now you're saying it like Eartha Kitt, and I'm so here for it. Like, it's only getting better the more Catwoman it sounds.
2: Okay, so that 60s reference is okay, but the computer who wore tennis shoes is not? We did a movie
1: with Eartha Kitt in it on this podcast.
2: We've done a Kurt Russell movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, but one that people know about. Also, Batman. Batman is way more well known than the the TV
3: that wore pants. A Disney movie classic. No, Walt Disney's last words were "Sign, Kurt Russell." <laughs> he knew Kurt Russell was going to be a star, and he was right. That's true. Anyway, this movie. They're friends until we
1: find out that the reason her boyfriend was crying to talk to the ca- the guidance counselor is it turns out. He had chlamydia.
2: Yes. And the guy's counselor gave it to him.
1: Yeah. And in the hospital, as he's finding out, his mom is like, who have you been screwing? And she is abusive to him in this moment. Mm -hmm. She is violently hitting him. And he blames Olive. So his mom calls uh, Amanda Bynes' mom, who calls Amanda Bynes. And now, literally within the span of lunchtime... Amanda Bynes is now like picketing outside and she has slapped Olive who I'm like, How did she not get sent to the office for that? I know, right? Anyway, so she goes to the guidance counselor and is like, hey, uh, I don't know what's going on, uh, but like, um, I just got slapped. So like,
3: (laughs) I was just physically assaulted on school grounds. (laughs) Yes.
1: And at this point, Lisa, now Lisa Kudrow fully admits to her. She's like, I slept with a student. He blamed you. And I think the only reason she's saying it is because it's eventually going to get back to Olive and Olive's going to be like, I know I didn't sleep with that
3: guy. Lisa Kudrow gives a lot of information in this scene. Like, she owns up to the fact that she yeah. was sleeping with that guy, yeah. the student. And you think he's going to
2: confess to people at that point, too. She thinks he's coming. To tell everyone
3: Well
1: she says I'll fix it I'll tell everyone I'll fuck up my life I'll lose my job I'll end my marriage And then she looks At Olive Yeah Which is manipulative Because that's her being like I'll lose
3: everything Or But this is like This is like her pattern though Olive's pattern When she sees someone in crisis She jumps to help them Right No matter what happens to her At the expense of that Right And that's exactly What happens here That can be a very Unhealthy Pattern Yes Which I would say she is on the
1: pathway to resolving in the end when she comes clean. Agreed. Because this is her putting everyone else's interests above her own. Um, and not in a healthy way Not Mm-mm. in a good way right but so She agrees at this point to be like well, Yeah I guess I could have chlamydia
3: Like I'll just <laughs> tell people I guess Yeah I guess I'll just tell people I have an STD Or whatever great
1: yeah but by the time She walks out then there is a protest With the Quiznos
3: sign Spinner it's so funny Because he's like we have new honey dill Ranch at Quiznos no, yeah honey Mustard chicken that's what it is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And she goes whatever Get out of here Quiznos And he goes whatever who or whatever he, he, he
1: says and it's the tone that he says it's one of my favorite parts of the movie I watch for it every time where he just goes try our honey mustard chicken and she just goes not the time Quiznos and he just goes you're a slut
3: yes. <laughs> yeah it? it's so funny it's so well delivered man but this is where we see rihanna also out there picketing her picketing her yeah. yes Ugh.
1: so this is where she leaves school and she decides she's going to try and read the bible but it's super long uh that's why a lot of republican senators haven't read it i mean Literally. you're not wrong uh, uh, uh it's in the bestseller uh, section uh, next to twilight uh so then she decides like well i'll go to a church And goes through the confessional, but there's no one on the other side. So she goes through this whole thing of, like, I'm pretending, but it's not me. And, like, a lot of people hate me now, and I kind of hate me too. And I think this is a great way for us to really get her expressing her feelings without any stakes. Because, like, it is empty on the other side. But she goes to a different church where she meets with the pastor. And it turns out to be... Amanda Bynes' dad. And it's Fred so Armisen. Who it is I, Fred Armisen? He's great in
3: everything. I think he's so funny. But I really do love that he cannot not get hung up on the hell does exist.
1: <laughs> it's no no no. It's definitely it's below us but above and, and he says above the Orient. And I was like, first of all, who still
3: says Orient? I know. No, I don't you. think you're supposed to say that anymore. Yeah. I don't
1: think you're supposed to say that anymore. But secondly, I'm like, wait, above as in within the earth or like, I was like, I got real hung up on it myself. And I was like, what? I anyway. think Fred
3: Armiston's character believes in the flat hell theory. Mm. <laughs> Did you hear
1: the theory that someone put forth on cult podcast this week? Alien Jesus. Yes. Where, that aliens are pure,
3: wild, <laughs> wild. Uh, I mean, I personally do believe that God is an alien. That's a different not?
1: version. I know. That's okay. a completely different thing. Anyway, so she goes home. She's trying to watch movies with her family. And this is where her dad picks the bucket list because he's family member of the week because the because Patricia Clarkson is the one who votes the family member of the week every week. And she always chooses him. Yes. Which is very funny.
3: It's great.
1: But they end up watching the bucket list. And she's like, hey, if you hear I have chlamydia, I don't. And they're like, do we need to have the talk again about protection and whatever? And she's like, no. And they're like, no judgment, though. You have been dressing like a stripper, like a fancy one for governors or athletes. But, like, the, this is what your clothes kind of look like. I could love that line so much. And she is wearing
3: lingerie, <laughs> like, most of the time. It's like high-chested corsets with jeans, though. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a... I don't know. It's sort of an appropriate lingerie to wear out. I think it's what they could get away with also having her wear at a school. Yes.
2: Her, I don't think a school would let you wear that, but I get me it. Me either. But also, I'm super
3: into corsets, so. Yeah. I do think corsets are a strong choice.
1: Yeah. I think her parents are not doing this in a judgmental way of like. <laughs> no, me either. I think they're just like, factually, a stripper might wear this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and she's just like, well, I don't have STDs, whatever. And so they watch the bucket list. She rereads Scarlet Letter and is like, well, she bore her punishment in humble silence. And I'm not comfortable with that because, again, no one has asked me out on a real date. And I think it's kind of time that I assert myself a little bit. Yeah. But as this is happening, she gets asked out by Anson. Now, Anson is the guy that Rhiannon has a crush on. We saw him earlier in the movie. We know that's the association.
3: Yeah, and this is when she's like literally sitting alone at the lunch table. That's sort of sad. Like yeah. this is like her like oh maybe lying for people for I think altruistic sort of reasons is bad, and I shouldn't do that. Yeah. And then this guy comes over, and it's sort of like proving the voiceover wrong. Yes. Because it's going to go so badly in like yes. ten minutes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and because he does ask her out, and they go to the lobster shack.
3: Yeah, which is just Red Lobster, right? Like it's that's just all a red that. yeah, It's just a Red yeah. Lobster. <laughs> But in high school, that's like big deal.
1: It is. What I think is really funny is it's clearly a Red Lobster, but they couldn't change the signs. They didn't have the money to change the signs. So they just blurred them or shot them through like the fish tank and stuff. Yeah. So you couldn't (laughs) see that it was Red Lobster, but it was clearly Red Lobster. But Rhiannon happens to be there. She doesn't want to be seen with him because she knows that Rhiannon has a crush on him. And yeah she's like I can't and, and he's like well haven't you dated the entire school and she's like no, no. <laughs> so they get to the parking lot and he gives her a Home Depot gift card which also like unless so unless you know someone wants a home improvement store gift card maybe not the best way to go
2: I got one for my birthday and I wanted it yeah but you're a man in your 30s who owns a house yeah and now I gotta tell the whole neighborhood that I made out with my neighbor so
1: it's weird <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think if you own a house Home Depot gift cards Are always welcome Cause yes. like I've been to Home Depot Like five times this month Yeah
3: Like I get it No joke When I first moved Into this place It was like Home Depot Every three days For a yes. month Cause yes. you're like Fuck I need what now Okay okay I need air okay. conditioning
1: filters Damn it of, Yeah oh, like whatever yes.
3: Paige, I li- That was the
1: last time I went Was literally for that <laughs> That was one of them Yeah So But a, a teenager Unless they're in to wood shop or unless they are like constructionally inclined A teenagers teenage girls probably not going to do much with a home depot gift card but i love that he's like you don't really realize it but there's a lot of awesome stuff there i got my air compressor there <laughs> like unless she's super into like airbrush painting and stuff like yeah,
3: probably not. But that's a very specific gift card to give. And it seems yes. like he didn't have the context to know that she would want that. So it's just like a really shitty one to give. Yeah. But that's the point. And yeah. he clearly doesn't understand that they were paying her to lie for them. Yeah. Because he is fully expecting sex for that exchange.
1: Yeah. Because she says, Well, what did we do on this date? And he says, Whatever $200 gets me. And she's like, Well, that's not how this works. Yeah. I'm not really having sex with people for money. But he doesn't take no for an answer. No. Until she literally put like violently pushes him off and throws the gift card at him. And he just drives away and leaves her there.
3: He drives away like Vin Diesel, though. He like spins out in the parking lot like fishtails out of there. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's when Lobster Todd comes to save the day.
1: Yeah. She walks away crying and Lobster Todd is like, let me give you a ride home. And I do love that, like, she cries all the way home. (laughs) And he's just like. Let's it happen. Like, it's it's not even weird. Like, clearly you would cry. This was a, a really upsetting interaction. <laughs> she was assaulted. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get it. Yeah. And she then comes clean to him of, like, I didn't do that. I'm not doing this. And he's like, yeah, I know. I didn't believe them because you did it for me. Like, I remember. And then he te- says to her, he's like, sometimes I pretend that you were my real first kiss. And she's like, wait a second, who was? And he's like, Rhiannon, a year after that. And she's like, she knew I had a crush on you the whole time. Yeah. And he's like, wait, you have a crush on me? But this is like the entrance for them to start kind of talking about it. Yeah. That he's like had a crush on her this whole time. It was mutual. They just didn't talk about it. And now they are. And he's like, if I promise not to tell anyone, could I kiss you right now? Which I think is very funny. It's also him being like, I'm not doing this for the way you've been lying about people.
3: Right. I just want to kiss you. I do think this is a nice way to ask. Yes. Yes. And I thought her way of saying no was awesome. Yeah. And then they literally just hug goodbye. Like, I thought this scene was perfect. Like, they nailed it. Communication out of 10. Well done. A
1: plus. Yeah. I also loved that her saying no and being like, not like this. I want it to be perfect didn't stop them from having a relationship or a connection it was just like all right well we'll do that another time but like we're
3: we have a thing now right oh yeah like i would leave this if i was lobster todd thinking oh we are definitely not dating yet but there is a budding interest from both of us we both stated it like uh no high school me would have been like that's my girlfriend (laughs) i wouldn't have gone that far but i definitely think and clearly there is potential for that. Yeah. You know, I definitely think at the end of this movie, they are dating.
1: Yes. So, and she does ask, she's like, why now? And he's like, I don't know. I haven't overanalyzed it like you're about to. Because it does seem like he's had a crush on her for a long time. It's just like, why did you tell me now? Um, but it doesn't matter because she's like, the lies have to stop. So first I was going to go to Brandon, but then she finds out that Brandon ran away from home. With his boyfriend, who is a large black guy. (laughs) And this is where we get the call back to Mark Twain, where she's like, apologies to Mark Twain. And I do love that the girl that tells her is I believe the sidekick from Lizzie McGuire. Oh, really?
0: <laughs> what? Yes,
1: I believe. I think it's the same actress. I hope I'm not wrong. Um, but I love their conversation of what? What? No, you said something. You said something. Whatever. Call me. Call me. <laughs> Just and she's. We never see her before or again in the movie. It's her one scene. <laughs> anyway, she goes to Evan, and Evan was uh the second guy, the the fat kid who was just like, hey, please. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to recant because do you have any idea how many girls I hooked up with after that? Like, it all it took was you proving I was worth it, and then girls flocked to me, and she's like, wow, that's gross. Like, oh, not gross that they would, you know, hook up with you, but gross that yeah. the only reason they were doing it was so someone else could prove that it was worth it. Yeah, uh, And then we find out that Micah... Uh, who had chlamydia has been sent to his grandparents so he can't tell the truth. So she goes to the guidance counselor, who is like, "Hey, uh, he is 21. It is legal. He's so four months from you. being 21. It's he, he's eight months from being 21. Oh, whatever. Yeah, whatever.
3: So like, he's over the age of consent. It's still terrible because she's his guidance counselor. But yeah,
1: yeah. But when she goes to, the – who would you believe? Who would you believe? Who would you believe? Who would you believe? <laughs> I was like, that's straight up Phoebe. <laughs> that is, it is. classic it's Phoebe. It's also a
3: full on sociopath though. Like, Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: Anyway, then she goes, thank you for coming in. And immediately, <laughs> immediately Olive goes to guidance counselor's husband, her teacher, and is like, your wife has chlamydia. She's been sleeping with a student. She tried to blame me. I'm sorry. And walks away. Yeah. We cut to her voiceover being like, if you ever see this, I was wrong. I hate myself for telling you the truth. I ended a marriage. I'm so, so sorry. And I'm like, "Mm, I think I don't have a problem with you telling him at all. Like, it's sad and it's going to fuck up their lives. But also, she's the one who slept with the student. Yes. And is planning on continuing to lie to him about it. Right. I don't have a problem with her outing him, outing her for
3: what happened at all. I think he has every right to know what's happening in his marriage. I think so
0: too. Yeah. Yeah.
3: If I found out that one of my friends was cheating on their wife, I would tell their wife. Like, that is a shitty behavior and don't do that. Maybe that's just because I've been cheated on twice and like, that's like a trigger for me, I think. But-
1: the only thing that would stop me is if i did not know their significant other.
2: Oh yeah, if you're friends with both of them though, that puts you in like a real it does. and fuck your friend for putting you in that situation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. one thing if you like accidentally saw something. It's 100% different. It, it that would be a moral dilemma in itself. Of like you like see somebody in a parking lot or something You're like oh shit It would be it would be a hundred times shitty If like one of them was like I'm cheating or Doing this and you're like
1: what I First of all if you're my friend Don't expect me to keep your secret on that one right. uh, se- Same. <laughs> Secondly Same. Even if I saw you in like a parking lot I would probably come to you first yes. And be like hey I saw
3: you I think What's that's, going on I think that's the best way to do it Because honestly they might have an open relationship And sure, they just don't exactly. want everyone to know And like that is fine like that's- It's a whole different ballgame Exactly So like That is where you go To seek more information Right Yeah Uh, And
1: so if that's the case I'm gonna ask you first And if you're like Please don't tell her Or whatever I'm gonna be like I'm gonna give you A time frame to tell them Yeah And if you don't then, Then I will tell them I'm gonna give you a week Yeah Anyway She's like Everyone who knows the truth Is gone or won't fess up So now I have to figure out A way to explain it And she's talking to her mom And her mom is like hey, I was uh, pretty sexually adventurous when I was young (laughs) and I got a reputation for it, but you know what? It'll be okay. Cause like you're smarter than I am. You'll handle this with a sense of humor And her mom, as she's kind of laughing, like, oh, I could get my legs so far back. I think her mom is also like, you're still a vibrant, fun person. So am I. Like, it doesn't.
3: You're not defined by your sexuality. Let's like. Yeah. yeah. This should not define you. I do love how Emma Stone was like, oh, you lied about having sex with a bunch of people. She was like, no, I just had sex with a bunch of people. A bunch (laughs) of people. Yeah.
1: Well, and and she does say I had had low self-worth, which is sad. I wish they elaborated on that more where she's like, I thought this would make me feel this way. And it didn't. But. I learned from it, and yeah. now I've grown into a different, you know, or whatever. Anyway, regardless, now Emma Stone is planning something. She's going to do a webcast that's going to detail everything that happened, and in order to, like, trick people into watching it, she crashes the pep rally by coming out of the wood pile and singing Knock on Wood, which is very fun. Love that fun. song. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, love it. And she said she had one outfit and whoever left. whoever
3: actually sang it did a great job.
1: I think she probably did, actually, and just, like, was lip syncing on the day. Yeah, she's
3: definitely lip syncing in the moment, but that could be her voice. I honestly don't know. She, I know she can sing. Um, it's definitely her voice when she's singing Pocket Full of Sunshine full out at the end of that little montage, so she can definitely mm-hmm. sing. Yeah, no, I
1: I think she did and just, you know, they record it. I don't know. I didn't find anything in Fun Facts about somebody else singing it. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah. My favorite part of this, though, is because she rips the woodchuck costume off, so he's shirtless blue devil again. But then as she goes through the band, she just pulls the slide on one of the trombones as she kind of like sexy pulls back. (laughs) and And the foley on it is amazing because it's almost like an elephant just like, Well, that's what it would sound like. I mean, that's
3: accurate. Yeah, I liked it too. (laughs) It was very funny.
1: funny. Yeah. Um. Anyway, she's like, "I know what's happening during the basketball game, but like, watch it. Would you rather watch a woodchuck or watch me do one? Oh yeah. Oof." We cut, or, or rather, she gets pulled a- aside by the principal and she's like, before you expel me, talk to the guidance counselor. I think she'll talk you into letting me stay <laughs> and leaves.
3: Yeah, she like runs out with lobster Todd.
1: Yes. And we cut to the last kind of section of voiceover where we reveal that this is what we've been watching the whole time as far as narration. And she's like, here you all are. And you know how shitty it feels to be an outcast, whether it's warranted or not, because that's why a lot of you were doing this with me anyway. Uh, And we hear, don't you forget about me playing from outside because Lobster Todd has showed up on a mower to play a song for her. And she's like, hey, I like him. Maybe I'll lose my my virginity to him. Maybe I won't. I don't know when. It's nobody's business. And I'm going to leave. Bye. And as she leaves, a bunch of people are like, I thought she was going to take her clothes off. And it cuts through all the people watching. One of them's the pastor.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I like that he's out there on the lawnmower, which is an homage to Can't Buy Me Love. Yep. He's holding up those two speakers, which is an homage to Say Everything, obviously. And he's playing this song from Breakfast Club, which I thought it was great. Because yeah. those, those are like, that's like the majority of the things she referenced yeah. in movies that she wants in her life, you know? The only
1: thing it didn't have was Ferris Bueller, yeah. but there's Ferris Bueller throughout the entire rest of the movie, like so many places. So, yeah,
2: well, she she did the musical number with him, so that counted first.
1: That did count, yes. But uh, we cut to Brandon, who instead of watching the webcast is watching Huck Finn. <laughs> 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 was great, yeah, uh, and
3: we we cut to them riding away on the
1: mower, and, and that's,
3: that's a the movie. So, having seen the movie, And we talked about the movie, what do you guys think about Easy A? love it super fun movie easy watch yeah yeah this is something i'll definitely revisit it was so much fun to watch today i honestly hate that i missed it when it was out like i yeah. would have enjoyed this movie this was like mm-hmm. around the time i was like getting divorced though so like i wasn't yeah. like yeah wasn't really going to rom-coms wasn't really dating or whatever yeah i, I feel that <laughs> yeah but Paige, do you have any fun facts for us i have m- many many fun facts well here it is, with your fun
1: facts Lawnmower Stone, fun facts. facts. So Emma Stone dropped out of Sucker Punch to do this movie. Good, Good call, call yes, Good call Emma Stone yes. <laughs> now all of the webcam and narration scenes for this movie were shot in one day. So Emma wow. Stone had a fourteen-hour day of just staring down the barrel of the camera and doing every single narration scene yeah. for the entire movie. And every so often she would have to walk around to stretch out her muscles. Yeah. Fully understand when I taped that documentary, we were taping for like six or eight hours at once and it was fucking brutal. It's
3: so much. Yeah. Like I've run shoots that do that. And I always feel so bad for the principal in those shoots because you're like, you have to be on for like six hours. Yeah, it's brutal. And 14 hours, that would be so hard. Congrats to her for making it through that one day. Jesus.
1: I Yeah, uh, there's a conversation between Olive and Todd about the penalty for removing his costume head uh, and then comparing Disney World and Disneyland. Now, part of that is inspired by a lawsuit that was televised on the Court TV channel from a family who were robbed in the Disneyland parking lot and sued Disney Parks and Resorts, claiming that their children had been traumatized by the sight of character performers with, our, with their costume heads off <laughs> while being escorted backstage to the security <laughs> office. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, uh, while referring to Micah, Olive jokes that he is still in high school at age 22. Uh, we will find out that he's 20, but she's joking about it, in part because the actor who plays Michael Micah, Cam Gigandet. I never know how to pronounce that uh, but he was in his mid 20s when the movie came out Uh, oddly enough so was Emma Stone so was Penn Badgley literally everyone in this movie whether they are playing high schoolers or older than high schoolers is like mid 20s
3: yeah that's not super uncommon to be in your mid 20s playing no. a te- teenager though but yeah
1: it's super normal yeah now Olive's given name, her first name, is an anagram for I love, but her surname, Pendergast, is also an anagram for the phrase pretend shag, um, with pretend shags being a major source of the movie's conflict. Yeah, that's great. I I love it. Now, uh, when Brandon and Oliver are talking, he identifies himself as a Kinsey 6 gay. This actually refers to the Kinsey system, which ranks Uh, the scale of homosexuality from zero being uh, exclusively heterosexual to six being exclusively homosexual now this is a very early scale i think now we would say it's much more of a spectrum with a lot more complexity to it yeah Uh, But being a kinsey six would be uh exclusively homosexual yeah Mm. now when olive's mother enters her room while she's playing guitar she raises the guitar up and says, Never had one lesson. This is a reference to Ferris Bueller, where he tries to play clarinet and says the same line into the camera.
2: Yes. Uh. And there's
1: also the scene in the shower where she's singing Pocketful of Sunshine and she makes her hair into a mohawk. That is also a reference to Ferris
3: Bueller. Oddly enough, they were singing the same song.
1: (laughs) Time travel. Um, Now, Emma Stone actually had an asthma attack during the fake sex scene, uh, but she was able to recover and finish shooting. Oh, good. The original script was a hard R. (gasps) It contained the F word over 41 times. The S word, I'm assuming shit, shit, I guess. (laughs) Spell it out. Uh, 13 times and the word cunt was used three
3: times. Wow. Ooh. In an American movie, that's something. In
1: an, in an American movie, yes. Yeah. Uh, so that was later cut down in the final script to receive a rating of PG-13 as opposed to R. It's
3: probably a good call for this movie's target audience, but I want to see the R-rated
1: so cut. Yeah, I here's the thing. I'm fine with the PG-13 cut. I think it's great. But I am curious, and I, I think I would really love... Because Mean Girls straddles that line where Mean yeah. Girls is very, very crass, but just barely this side of PG-13. Yeah. And they get away with it by saying things that are not swear words, but are vulgar. And I feel like oh uh, something... That harsh or harsher, I think would make this even funnier. me too. Um despite being a realistic portrayal of high school, the writer, Bert V. Royal, was actually homeschooled and never attended high school, at least not formally. Um and he wrote the bulk of the first draft of the screenplay in five days what I know
2: he just got Fuck. inspired
1: also now remember we have had a lot of terrible movies from blacklist 2007 Uh-oh. this is blacklist 2008 um Ooh. okay it doesn't get made until 2010
0: 2011
1: okay so the foreign film that she goes to see is der charla croat Buchstab, which I know I'm butchering, <laughs> but that is German for the scarlet letter. Uh, and the other okay. foreign movie they are showing is Vamos por las chicas, which is the Latin American title for fired up, which is another film by the same director from 2009, which I was telling Todd before we started recording, I have hesitated to suggest for this podcast because I don't know that it's really a rom-com as much Ooh. as just a teen sex teen, comedy. Teen sex
2: comedy. It's a but funny I do, movie, though.
1: I find it hilarious. I don't know how much it holds up, but that movie makes me laugh really hard.
3: I'd never even heard of it until Paige brought it up.
1: I'm going to show you the trailer after yeah. we're done because it's great.
3: It's listed as comedy sports movie.
1: That oh. is accurate, I would say. Yeah, yeah I'd call that accurate. Um in almost every scene of the movie, there's an orange or oranges, either in a tree or in a bowl or in fabric or something. Oh, weird. In the commentary track for the film, the director said he did this to be, quote, artistic. <laughs> Most of Olive's clients are named after fellow filmmakers and comedy writers Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and Jay Chandrasekhar. Okay. Also, in the original script, the name of the school was Barbara Bush High School.
3: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: In the original script, woodchuck todd was meerkat todd and olive sang a version of the james bond theme nobody does it better from the spy who loved me in 1990- 1977 instead of knock on wood i think knock on wood's the better choice yeah i
3: just like that song better honestly
1: same but also she popped out of a dumpster instead of a wheelbarrow <laughs> full of logs
3: all right well i do like the dumpster I like, do like the dumpster yeah. yeah
1: i'll end with this one okay This is not the first time the relationship between Huck and Jim has been typified as homoerotic. In fact, this has been a common angle for literary review. Uh, The approach was first published in 1948 in a publication of Leslie Fielder's essay, quote, Come Back to the Raft Again, Huck, Honey. So this has actually been a common belief for a long time and those are your fun Facts.
3: Wild. Okay well think of those fun facts Paige Let's talk a little bit about box office So what do you think the production budget was For EZA in 2010
1: I think you got a lot of famous people com- Like cameos uh Like one dayers uh, But you also have Emma Stone and this is like big Emma Stone time
3: mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say 30
2: Okay I'm gonna say 18
3: All right, so you're both a little high on your guesses. This uh, movie cost $8 million to make, but if you adjust for inflation, that's $11.1 million today. So they made, I think, great use of that budget. Now, the movie came out on September 17th, 2010, and it was number two the week it came out. Also premiering that week was the number one movie, The Town. Obviously number 2 was Easy A. Oh yeah. Number 3 was also a new movie that week. It was called Devil. Uh number 4 was Resident Evil Afterlife and number 5 was Alpha and Omega 3D. So what do you think Easy A made in its opening weekend?
1: I'm going to say 9 million. You say it was number 3. It was number 2. Number 2. Mm, I'll stick with 9 million and be wrong. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to go
3: with my first guess, 18. Mikey, you are super close. It's $17.7 million. Oh yeah. This movie did great Um, in its opening weekend. I mean, anytime you can go over your budget in your opening weekend, you know you did something good. Um, It was in the top five for its first three weeks, but was never in the top five again. However, it was in the theater for 14 weeks total. So what do you think it made in the domestic box office? And again, it was in 2010.
1: 14 weeks. That's a long time. It
3: is. I mean, it's, that's from September 17th through December 17th, That the weekend uh, of December 17th. 120 domestic? Okay. I'm going
1: to say 60 domestic.
3: Paige, you're way closer. It was $58.4 million domestically. Now, it also made another 17.7, almost 17.8 million internationally. So, it put the total worldwide box office up at $76.2 million. Uh, And if you adjust that for inflation, that would be $106 million today. Now, this was still at a time when DVD and Blu-ray sales were like tracked and obviously bigger movies sold a lot. This movie made another $27.6 million in just that home market performance in DVD and Blu-ray sales. So this movie made quite a bit of money. It did very, very well. I mean, even... In 2010 With just that worldwide box office of 76 million And the domestic DVD and Blu-ray sales of 27 That's over 100 million dollars right there So this movie definitely did well But that's your box office So Mikey, do you want to hit him with that romance scale?
2: Yeah, our romance scale is how romantic We found the film today 1 to 10 Page.
1: I, I do like them together. I feel like I don't
3: we think don't it was see super romantic.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't see a ton of their romance. I, I feel, feel like, like this is a little
3: angsty. It's more coming of age yeah. than romance. So I understand what you're saying. I do love it's the movie. Kind of romantic subplot. It We're does. Good. Yeah, We're good. I'll, absolutely. I'll give
1: it. I'll give it a two with potential. Yeah, because I feel like if we watch the movie after this, it might be very romantic. Yeah, if there
3: was a sequel that was their romance, that could be very high on the romance yes. scale. I also am going to give it a two though because. I, and I really do think it's because of that scene in the car. Yes. Like, there's some tension there, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm
2: going to do it too as well, uh, same reasons
3: as y'all. So that's our... The romance scale Yes but again That's just romance The movie's a 10 for me I loved this movie It was great yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah
2: Do y'all think They're still together I'm gonna
3: say no Cause it's high school No cause it's high school There are people Who have been together Since high school That kind of thing Does happen every now and then But it's not likely I'm gonna say yes She got pregnant The first time they had sex Oh
1: god She got oh, pregnant no. that night Oh no, <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> That's because Lobster Todd Never misses Oh he never misses So this week I made you guys Watch Easy A Pay. I think it's your turn. So, what are you going to regale us with next week?
1: I'm actually picking. I'm pulling a Todd. I'm picking something <gasps> I've never seen before, but comes highly recommended, and that has always be my maybe.
3: Someone I suggested that, that to me last week. Yeah, so I haven't seen it either.
1: I've been on an Ali Wong kick ever since Beef.
3: Yeah, dude. She's I really funny. I watched Beef. It was so good. Like Intense. I was not expecting it to be a romance. <laughs> Well, your homework for next week is to check out Ali Wong and Always Be My Maybe. Yay. And then check back for that episode. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, shit. I left my phone in the bathroom. Hold on a second. Well, while you're going to get your phone from the bathroom. I pooped earlier you at home. He did. Well, while you're going to get your phone from the bathroom, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast. And that's to leave us a five-star text review. And we'll have Mikey, when he gets back from the bathroom, read it for you. Ken Roper. Well, what does Ken Roper have to say? Snoopity doo-wop. <laughs>
2: I love that. It makes my day every week to hear Paige geek out about Henry Cavill, her romance book, Kitchen Stuff, and cannibalism. (laughs) Mikey and Todd are okay. Five stars. Wow. That is, I
3: think, the most accurate review we've ever gotten. I am okay. I appreciate that. Same. I'll take that criticism. Mediocre at best. That's good feedback. That's good feedback. Well, what was their name again? Well, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To
2: completion, I'm an easy D. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only joke I wrote for the oh, whole and you episode. saved it for the end? You <laughs> saved it for the <laughs> end. Bye.
3: Mikey's sitting on gold nerds.